Welcome to the Simply Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. On today's episode, I want to talk about three concerning data points that have gotten my attention very recently. Uh, The first thing I wanted to talk to you about is the Consumer Price Index, also known as CPI. Uh, This measures a representative basket of goods in the United States. And CPI increased 4.2% in April 2021 compared to April 2020. To put this into context, this is the largest increase we've seen in 12 years. So I took note of that. I also want to mention that economics, or economists, I should say, expectations were for an increase of 3.6%. So the 4.2, the highest in 12 years, but also exceeded expectations. When you look at CPI month to month, March of 21 compared to March, excuse me, April of 21, you know, just a one month increase, uh, CPI went up 0.8% versus an expected increase of 0.2. This is quite worrisome. It's the largest monthly gain since 1981. So you have to go back a very long time to find the last instance where we had such a fast increase month to month. So there are certain things in CPI that are volatile. The prices are volatile, most notably energy and food. So there's something called core CPI, which is CPI but strips out these volatile components. That increased 3% in April 21 versus April of 20. On a month-to-month basis, it increased 0.9%. So this too beat expectations. Expectations for April versus April was 2.3 and the month-to-month expectation was 0.3. So my conclusion with this, the reason why it caught my attention and is worrisome is two things. Inflation worries, it seems to me, may be on the rise, and legitimately so. Secondly, it seems to me that there's a risk that economists and policy makers might be behind the curve on this subject, because in all of these instances, not only did the numbers go up, but they went up faster and higher than what economists expected. So let me note a few things before I get to the second worrisome data point. Some of the worry, uh, the edge off the worry should be reduced because the reality is that inflation last year in April was very low. We were in the midst of the deepest part of the pandemic and the economic shutdowns. So these comparisons may not be fair because of the really low base we're working off of from a year ago. And I'll also point out that the Federal Reserve says this recent data does not change their policy outlook, which seems to be dovish on the inflation front. In fact, they are uh, on record saying repeatedly that they intend to keep interest rates low until 2023. But this inflation story is something that bears watching very closely. The next thing I want to talk about, uh, the second of the three concerning data points, is energy prices. And you may have an awareness of this because if you've filled up your tank anytime recently, you're going to know a little bit of what I'm talking about. So part of the CPI increase is due to energy prices. It's not included in 
core CPI, but it's included in the general CPI number. What we see is there's a 25% increase in energy prices from April of 2020 through April of 2021. This includes almost a 50% increase for gas prices. In fact, the national average for gas is over $3 for the first time since 2014. This according to AAA. And this stat is before the impact of the cyber attack on the Colonial Pipeline, which as you probably know, created gas shortages up and down the East Coast, especially in states like Virginia, North Carolina, and the northern part of Florida. The thing about an increase in energy costs, which is why it's included in a concerning data point conversation, is not only is the increase in energy going to be a factor in the inflation debate, but it also impacts consumer behavior. Potentially, it could slow down the economic recovery. Conventional wisdom, economics tells us that an increase in energy prices, gas prices, can function as almost like a tax increase for consumers because it's an ex, it's a extra expenditure, an increased spending cost for budgets across America. And this negatively impacts Americans, but it especially hurts middle and lower economic classes. So this energy story is a little worrisome. And again, take note when you go to the pump, you'll see what gas prices look like now compared to a year ago or even more recently. They've gone up quite a bit this year. The last of the three worrisome or concerning data points I wanted to touch on is the April jobs report. So estimates for new job creation was for the economy to create 1 million jobs in April 2021. Uh, one of the uh, estimates I looked at was from Dow Jones as an example. And the expectations were for an unemployment rate of 5.8%. But when the Department of Labor made the report for April, they do this in the early they did this in the early part of May, the economy only created 266,000 jobs. So the actual results fell way, way short of expectations. And the unemployment rate did not come in at 5.8%. In fact, it increased to 6.1%. That's the first time it's gone up in quite a while. This news messes up, at least temporarily, the thesis that the U.S. economy is roaring back to life. And this thesis is part of the reason why the U.S. stock market has thrived over these many months. Regular listeners will note that a few episodes back, I did a show titled Jobs Are Booming. And I was way more optimistic on this front because in March, the uh, economy created 916,000 jobs. And what I talked about in that episode was this was a sign that the economy was in recovery mode and that my thinking was that we would see really strong jobs growth for several months because the U.S. economy still hadn't caught up to where it 
ought to have been if not for the effects of the pandemic. So it seemed like there was room to run. Another worrisome part of this uh, April jobs report is that the Department of Labor reduced the number for March from 916,000, which is what I talked about on the recent jobs are booming episode. After looking closer at the data, uh, they reduced it from 916,000 down to 770,000. Still a very strong number, but that negative uh, revision is not helpful if you're looking at this and becoming a little worried. So the conclusion with this is you can't take too much you can't draw too much of a conclusion from one month's jobs report. So I don't think we need to panic on this. But we missed the number by a wide margin. I and mean, we only created, what, roughly 25% of the estimate? That's problematic. And if that persists, uh, that means that we may have to rethink some of the expectations for this economic revival that we are experiencing and are expected to experience as the country and the economy moves beyond the pandemic. So the three concerning data points are inflation, energy prices, the April jobs report. Uh, I did want to provide you with this update. There's a lot going on. There's just an enormous amount that's happening now. I will keep you up to date on my thoughts through the podcast. For clients of mine, we're going to cover these topics in a number of ways. As we do our strategy reviews, we're going to discuss these items. I do regular webinars for you, so tune into those. Uh, the most recent one I did was on the bond market. Uh, so we will communicate our thoughts to our clients in a myriad of ways. If you're not a client and you're interested in learning more about me and the work we do here at Elliott Wealth Management, please go to our website, elliottwealth.com. There's lots of good original content there, including the podcast library, and you can sign up for a complimentary consultation if you're interested in speaking with us on how we might be able to help you win with money and achieve your financial goals. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Simply Financial Podcast. I'll be back with you for the next episode very soon. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of Sage Point Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. 
Securities and advisory services are offered through Sage Point Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with Sage Point Financial.